All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a January 25th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. As always, streaming on the Daily Faceoff YouTube, and as always, brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. I have picks coming up a little bit later on in the show. I'm Tyler Uramchuk. He is our Daily Faceoff insider, Frank Saravalli. Frank, did you finally get a full night's sleep in you? I'm worried. No, it's uh, it's been a very rough week from that sleep standpoint. Lots happening, lots going on, and... Uh... I don't know. We're getting closer to trade deadline season, too. I don't see any more in the future. Sleepless with Saravali usually is this time of year. Uh, Frank, let's start the show with a quick update on the 2018 World Junior investigation here. We got word yesterday that there will be a press conference on October 5th, or at least London police are anticipating holding a press conference on February 5th. And until then, a bit of a holding pattern, I guess. Yeah, that's really the spot that we're in right now. Everyone wants information, right? Everyone wants names. They want details. They want charges. We understand this has been a hotly covered story, something that's generated international interest. But right now, what's been reported is more or less the extent of what we can report because while everyone wants to draw connections to some players that may have taken a leave of absence, The truth is no one has officially been able to corroborate. Yes, these are charges that are coming for these people. Here's what's in the works. We really have to kind of sit and wait until the London Police Service provides us with more official information, which we learned yesterday after the show is coming on February 5th. So 
wanted to continue to talk about it. It's certainly not being swept under the rug. Certainly, we're going to continue to cover this. It's just that we don't have any new information to share right at this exact moment in time. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, Frank, this is going to be a story that lingers for months, years, right? Like, this isn't something where, ah, by March, we'll have a resolution of this whole thing. Like, this is going to be a dominating headline for a long time. Yeah, and look, there's all sorts of connections to this. There is the London Police Service investigation. There's the NHL investigation. There's the Hockey Canada investigation. All three jurisdictions have various you know, punishments that they can put into place as a result of whatever may or may not happen as part of this London police investigation. So that's the big one. Uh, that's the one that, um, you know, certainly will involve, um, you know, a, a full uh, work through in terms of the process, the legal adjudication process, and we'll see what comes out of it. All right, so we wanted to start the show with that. A quick update, although there's not a lot of news, but definitely didn't want it to get lost in the shuffle of what was a busy action-packed night around the NHL, Frank. So let's move on to what we saw on the ice in the NHL. And it was Nathan McKinnon strengthening, bolstering his MVP case with a four-goal performance last night for the Colorado Avalanche. There have been four different four-goal performances so far this year in the NHL. Nate Max got two of them as he continues his remarkable run. And when he got the hat trick, it was our guy Mark Moser on the call. And Frank, I want to play it because it was a hell of a call from the Avs play-by-play man. Oh, man, I don't know why it makes me laugh so much. A great call and a great game from Check this out. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So look at this fan right there. He's throwing the hat. He was ready to throw it before McKinnon even got the puck. Elite fandom in Denver. So uh, love to see that. And, And you asked, you know, about strengthening Nathan McKinnon's case. I don't know that it gets any stronger for the Hart Trophy right now, the way that he's playing. He's... At midseason, for me, he's got it on lock. Anything you can do, Nikita Kucherov, you've got a hat trick last game. I've got one better. I've got four goals, a five-point night. His 24th consecutive home game with at least one point, all of them to open the season in the Mile High City. And I made the joke last night on social media that he is you know, only 17 away from tying Wayne Gretzky's absolutely perfect home slate for the Los Angeles Kings. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy to think about how good McKinnon has been all year long, how he's carried this abs team, how elite they've been on home ice. The only thing maybe that I could look at in terms of a slight dent is the splits are pretty interesting when you look at, you know, his relative lack of production on the road, but he's already North of 80 points. We're only at the halfway point of the season. It's it's an incredible run. That was his 10th three-plus point game on the year, and we're in game 48. You want to talk about a guy being the MVP. I mean, every 4.8 games, he's having a three-point or better performance for this Avs team. He's carried them to victory on a lot of nights, and last night was obviously no exception. Five points against the Washington Capitals as the Avs pick up a big win. Uh, Frank, let's move along to a guy who he hasn't had the type of season McKinnon's had, that's for sure. It's been a roller coaster for Ilya Samsonov, and no one's really been riding the roller coaster of and the emotions of what it's like playing in a big market or a Canadian market. 
quite like Samsonov. And last night, after another solid performance after his recall from the American League, Samsonov got a little emotional talking post-game. Let's take a listen in. Times tonight, the crowd was chanting Sammy. How does that feel? It's unbelievable, you know, like I almost cry what time I listen to this. You know, like it's just really important for me, really big moment for me, you know, like it's huge. A 2-1-0 record, a 944 save percentage since coming back up, Frank. Has Samsonov got it in him to solve the Leafs goalie woes? I think he does. I mean, he's at least shown it. Look at these last two games, 980 save percentage. And I think more than that, it's just kind of a feeling like he's exuding some confidence that you can see that, you know, it obviously took a trip uh, away from the team to spend time with the Marlies working on his game to really find that. And I think sometimes that's the best thing you can do for a guy rather than let him try and, you know, meander his way through it and, and, you know, use an old Ilya Brzezgalov quote, be lost in the woods, need iPhone compass. Um, it, let him get a break, let him get a, some time away from the shadow or the spotlight, spend some time in the shadows and, and try and come back a lot stronger. I think too often teams are just kind of like, ah, yeah, you'll, you'll power through. And sometimes that works, but a lot of times it doesn't. And, you know, whether it's a stint in, in the AHL actually playing games for a while, or whether it's just taking 10 days off. And coming back, um, I like how they've sort of been patient and working him back in. And now he's getting to a spot as Joe Wall's getting healthier that we're going to have a legit competition on our hands in Toronto, which is also probably really healthy for the status of their goaltending position as a whole. Hey, when Wool gets healthy, I mean, do you think they run with a three-headed monster or do they put Martin Jones on waivers? Because there are a lot of teams around the league who need goalies, Frank. Like Spencer Martin got claimed. If he gets claimed, Martin Jones might get claimed too. I think they're going to have to run with three goalies. I don't know why, given this team and their expectations and aspirations to be a Stanley Cup contender, you're going to need three goalies. The last thing you're going to want to do is put Martin Jones on waivers and, and lose him for nothing. And um, that's sort of the spot that they're in right now. They're going to have to ride with that, I think. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Leafs, for once, I mean, it hasn't been a lot this year. They've had their goalie steal them. One, I know Jones has had some great games, so has Wool, but it must have felt good for them to have a good performance from their goalie be the catalyst for a victory and OT win over the Winnipeg Jets. Frank, a new episode of your interview podcast, Frankly Speaking, dropped yesterday. People can find it wherever they get their podcast from, and you were joined by Carolina Hurricanes forward Seth Jarvis, who is putting together quite the season, and he's on quite the run right now as well. Four assists in his last five games. He's picked up points in seven of ten. Hell, he might score 30 goals this season. You covered a lot of ground with Seth Jarvis, but one of the things you asked him was about a rule he would like to change. So let's take a listen in a little sneak preview of the Frankly Speaking episode. This, if you could make one rule change in the NHL, what would it be? Interview the refs after the game. Why? Because there's some stuff that needs to be asked sometimes. Hey, you uh, you are preaching to the choir here as someone that's been advocating for a pool reporter forever to be able to ask questions after a game just like they do in some of the other sports. Uh, Frank, no hesitation from Jarvis on that one. He knew right away. Yeah, it wasn't like, hey, you know, I'd like to remove icing on the penalty kill or something about a coach's challenge, speed it up. No, no, this was 
answer the questions, get in there, get it. Uh, we'd like to hear what the refs are thinking. And you know what? As I said in the clip, I've been saying this forever. Why is it that if the NBA officials make a mistake, you have the NBA communications office immediately on the horn issuing a release after the game saying, yep, that was a mistake. Incorrect call. Major League Baseball, you can interview the referees, poll reporter. Football, same thing. You can ask questions. And it doesn't, it, it's not a witch hunt. And look, these these officials are not perfect. No one is. So the idea that the NHL further kind of censors this and really never admits that there's a mistake made, it's it's nonsensical. Like people that are paying customers, your fans, your players as Seth Jarvis is indicating, want to know what's happening. And I think, frankly, deserve to know based on the fact that they're the ones that are footing the bill and those are the players that are, you know, doing this for their livelihood. So that's that's how I see it. It's not very complex. And I love that Seth Jones, or sorry, Seth Jarvis, if I was calling him Seth Jones, um, I love that he's he, he doesn't hold back. That was the whole interview with him is that he... Um, he's someone that really speaks his mind and is, you know, is not afraid to share, you know, we talked about his sophomore slump that he kind of went through breaks into the NHL as a 19 year old. He's someone that, uh, gets cut from the team Canada world junior team. And the next, you know, seven months later, he's a full-time NHL or scoring 40 points. Like that's not an easy jump to make. And this year, you see him having a breakout season with the Canes. He's on track for 63 points and really has vaulted himself into a different position and standing with that team. Yeah, it's been something. First off, Seth Jones, Seth Jarvis, both former Portland Winterhawks. So you're oh. you're good on the confusion there. I get it, Frank. Um, but Jar <coughs> excuse me, as a joke, when you look back at that draft, the 13th overall pick, Frank, I mean, an undersized forward who maybe if he was 5'10", or sorry, if he wasn't 5'10", if he was 6'2", 6'3", he goes earlier. but He's got the fifth most points in that draft class, and he's the only one in the top five who hasn't cracked the 200 game mark yet either. Like the Canes for a team that desperately needed to add offense to the mix. And, you know, he's not a superstar player, and a lot of people will argue that's still what the Canes need. But you look at that team and their scoring, like where would they be without Seth Jarvis? Yeah, and I want to take you back actually for a second to that draft. It was the COVID draft, and, um, when you think about the situation, first off, the pick that the Canes used 13th overall was the one that they got from the Toronto Maple Leafs in taking on Patrick Marlowe's contract. So it goes to show you how adding a player for being willing to make financial sacrifices and anyone that says Tom Dundon is cheap as the Canes owner spending six and some million dollars to buy out the deal uh, to get that first round pick is pretty expensive. So keep that in mind. Um, and then the second thing is, I, I remember thinking back to that draft class, and I'm so glad that Stephen Ellis is joining us in a minute here, but there were so many comparisons then between Seth Jarvis and Braden Point, two Western League guys that are undersized centers that had put up very similar numbers in junior hockey. And they also by the way, happened to be represented by the same agency. And so a lot of people were saying 
Braden Point, he was tearing up the NHL at that exact moment in time. I knew that there was no chance with him going in the third round that teams were going to make the same mistake with Seth Jarvis not selecting him earlier. So he goes 13th, and it's been a great pick by the Canes. Yeah, it has been. Uh, you mentioned it. Stephen Ellis joining the show. Let's get into our big segment. It's the next wave. The next wave, as always, delivered by DoorDash for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. Maybe you want to check out the new Double Dash feature. It lets you add a second stop onto your DoorDash order with no extra fees. Stephen Ellis from Daily Faceoff joining us for the next wave. Stephen, where were you on Seth Jarvis back in his draft year? Oh, I think I had him number 12 or number 11 because I remember being really happy where he went. But the guy is just like his hockey IQ was off the charts at the time. So I'm glad that it's working out. You know, not a huge guy, but the Braden Point comparison. So many smaller players that are not super strong get compared to Braden Point, but there legitimately was a reason to compare the two. So that was back in 2020. Let's look ahead to the 2024 draft. And last night was the CHL top prospects game. Who stole the show for you, Stephen? Well, yeah, it was Tej Ginla, and uh, obviously we uh, we know his dad, Jerome Ginla, but just from the start of the game, everything he was doing, from the way he was rushing the puck up the ice, the way he was in control of the plays, um, he brought a lot of power. You know, he's not the biggest guy out there, but he's strong. He's kind of got some of that power forward mentality to him there, and I think with him, like last year, if you look at his stats, look at his numbers, it was not a guy that was super highly regarded uh, to the point where, okay, maybe he's a very late round draft pick at this point, didn't do a whole lot in Seattle. Uh, goes to Kelowna this year and he's been on fire just scoring at a great rate he didn't score last night but uh, he was in my opinion from talking to scouts also uh, too the best player in that game just creating chances a lot of opportunities seemed to die when he passed the puck to his teammates and his teammates couldn't finish it off but there was no player uh, that was as good two-way as he was last night uh, just quickly, the this is the last year of the top prospects game in this format. Maybe just explain how it's changing next year, and are you a fan of what they're doing? Yeah, so it looks like, according to Jeff Merrick, that the uh, CHL will do kind of a combination thing with USA Hockey, and I, I've got mixed opinions on it. One, I love being able to go to Michigan and watch the games, and if any of you guys have been there, they have some great pizza in the area. So I, it's always fun to to travel out there and enjoy some of that. But uh, in, in terms of, you know, I think there's a lot of players on both teams that go to those games and aren't really a huge threat to get drafted or late round picks. And uh, it can kind of water down the competition. So having the best on best makes a lot of sense. Like you, we see the USA uh, Canada rivalry series of women's hockey. How do we not have that e either the junior programs or on the men's side, like we, I know there's all the talk about the World Cup of Hockey, but wouldn't it be great if we just had Canada, USA, just play a seven-game series at some point? Um, but to be able to do it on the junior level, it kind of reminds me of the old uh, uh, CHL versus Russia series. Uh, I think it's in this case if they just have one team for both, I think that will probably kind of make the competition a bit better, and uh, it'll be a good opportunity, I think, for the USHL to show, like, hey, you know, we're just as good as the top uh, CHL leagues and we can we can do this. So I'm excited to see what happens here. Yeah, statistically, Stephen, the USHL has certainly, um, I don't want to say punched above its weight class, but it's been right there in terms of producing top prospects the last number of years relative to draft position. So your draft ranking, speaking of that, came out last week. And of all the players that have been rocketing up your board, who are you most excited to see finish out this season? 
Well, it's got to be uh, Dean Letourneau, and uh, I've got to see him with the uh, with uh, St. Andrews College this year. You know, prep school hockey doesn't get a ton of love, but you look at the points he's putting up there, scoring over a goal per game. Uh, on the night that I actually got engaged, I went and watched him play because, of course, I would do that. And you uh, are he a was sick, sick bastard. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I would do. I needed to buy some time before I did the proposal, so that's what happened there. But um, watching him play, uh, it's. He's six foot, I think six foot seven now, and he really dominates the the physical side of things. We're looking at a guy like Caden Lindstrom, one of the top prospects in this year's draft. I've talked about him before as a guy that, uh, you know, the power forward uh, mentality there is there every single night. But he he skates and he moves the puck like a smaller player. Um, you can kind of see that in Letourneau, maybe not at the same level, but watching him go out there and dominate against, uh, you know, prep school players. And th- that there's some quality competition there. That's where Celebrini and, and Iserman came from, uh, that type of level of hockey. Uh, just continues to power over guys. He scores. He's so smart. I talk to a lot of scouts that say, you know, the ceiling is high there. I think there's been a lot more focus on giving smaller guys a chance again and that bigger players just getting drafted high for the sake of being big is, you know, maybe a bit overdone. But in this case, I think that Dean Letourneau is a first round pick. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Where would he be on your board right now? I think I got him a 32 and I wouldn't be surprised if he's picked a little earlier. Like Charlie Stramo last year was another big guy that was picked in the first round. And a lot of people are looking at that saying, Oh really? Uh, but with Letourneau, I think he's going to be a better player. Yeah. I mean, we always see NHL teams scout with tape measures. So wouldn't be shocked to see someone take a flyer at that size with that type of productivity. I don't care what league you play in. Those are some pretty impressive numbers. So let's talk about a player who's gone the other way. Unfortunately, someone that, you know, you had high on your board that has tumbled a bit that you're maybe looking to see, do they, you know, flatten out? Do they rebound? Who would that be? Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard, fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Well, it's going to be Adam Yerichek, and unfortunately, he won't be able to rebound because he's done for the season with an injury he suffered in the the first World Junior game, and I have no idea what the Czech coaching staff was doing there. He got hurt in the end of the second period against Slovakia, 
they played him in the first shift of the third period and he re-injured his leg. It was like, clearly the guy was in a lot of pain. I don't know why they sent him back out and, and made it worse, but uh, very similar to what happened to his brother, David Yerchek a couple of years ago. Um, it's, it's too bad because I think with him watching him with the Helenka Gretzky and some early games this year in the Czech national uh, league, it looked like a guy that was going to, to explode and maybe be top 10, maybe even be one of the best defensive prospects in this draft. I have him at 19. I've had him as high as eight this year, and he's going to fall well, um, more than that because he didn't have a good first half of the season. The world juniors were an opportunity for him to play a top four role, maybe even top pairing and show what he could do. Very similar skill set to his brother. So uh, I think he would have done a lot for that team, but you know, I think he's only played maybe 30-ish games so far this year, and for him to have a season done now, that's not going to help his rankings. It's a low-risk, high-reward type guy. If a team could pick him in the first round, but I'm I'm not I'm not totally sure. Hey, just quickly here, um, you have a piece up that went you know, it was yesterday on Cole Eiserman and, and a big popular name heading into the season when you talk about the 2024 NHL draft. But the headline of your piece is, what's the deal with Eiserman's fall down the 2024 draft ranking? So I'll let you answer that question. What's going on with Eiserman? So obviously you see all the goals, the shot, the release, everything he does there. Like it's Austin, Austin Matthews level at that same age, but he doesn't play a lot of defensive hockey. He's not always pushing guys around. He's kind of chasing the play a lot. I think, you know, from talking to scouts in Michigan last week, the one kind of prevailing thing was, yeah, you know what? He's not a well-rounded player. There's other guys who could do so much more and be more effective in other areas. But if you're going to be good at one thing, it might as well be scoring goals. And he's very good at that. So we still on pace to break Cole Caulfield's uh, national team development program uh, scoring uh, record. Should get maybe 75 goals this year. Um, but that's kind of when you take the goals out, it's it's concerning. Almost to the level of kind of like Patrick Line. When he's not scoring, he's not effective. I'm a little worried about Iserman. But other than that, I think that I, I'm still picking him early because the, the way he scored goals, you don't get guys like that in the draft every year. Head on over to dailyfaceoff.com to check out Stephen Ellis's draft rankings and 2024 NHL draft coverage. Also, never too early to go over and check out the draft lottery standings or the odds board, which Stephen updates every morning. Don't look now, but the San Jose Sharks and Chicago Blackhawks are tied in points percentage. The Sharks get the edge right now because they have one fewer win, but uh, whoever is slacking for Macklin, well... They'll be, uh, we'll continue to watch that through the rest of the season. Thanks to Stephen Ellis for the next wave delivered by DoorDash. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, Frank, the LA Kings. It was a tough one for them last night. They were up 3-1 in the Sabres. They lose it. Todd McClellan had a couple of interesting quotes. He was asked if he's worried about his job security. He said it's a very fair question. He added, Quote, the stupidity that went into that loss is beyond explainable. McClellan was fired up, but so was Drew Doughty. Let's take a listen in to Doughty's postgame comment. In this room, are too worried about themselves and worried about their points and worried about stuff like that. We get a 3-1 lead tonight, and you know, guys start thinking it's a, it's a cookie night, and we stop playing the way we know how to play, have an awful second period, and then aren't much better in the third. Uh, it's about the team. It's not about yourself. You guys on this team would need to realize that. Frank, uh, one word to describe the state of the Kings is your question. I, don't, I think it's two words, but rock bottom, maybe. Mm. I mean, that's kind of, you know, 
Drew Doughty was asked about that and he said, it, it feels like we've been bottom out for a while now. And, you know, certainly looking at the standings that they're hanging on by a thread in the playoff chase after having such a comfortable edge and really just all facets of their game can't sustain a lead. Your forecheck, not structured, not deadly, not getting enough goals. Your goaltending has sat like every facet of what they are trying to do is not working. So uh, maybe perhaps the better word is broken. Yeah, and I think it might be. I mean, luckily for them, I, I think they're safe in the playoff race, Frank. They should be able to just get hot again for some stretch and it'll all be okay. But definitely not a team that would inspire a lot of confidence for uh, for Todd McClellan and for Kings fans right now. Is it, it? Do you think he's actually on the hot seat? I personally don't think so. I mean, sign an extension before this season started. Like, you can't tell me that over the last five weeks or six weeks that Todd McClellan forgot how to coach hockey. Like it just, at some point it's got to be on the players. And when Drew Doughty is saying as publicly as he is, um, that there's an issue here, like just listen to his words. There are people in here that only care about their points and quote cookie night. Like that's, I don't, I don't look at that and say that's on the coach to figure out. I look at that and say, Ooh, that's, there's some chemistry issues there. Yeah, there's our hashtag AskDFO inbox question brought to you by Tourism Jasper. Let's move along to our daily bets, Frank, brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at botano.ca. The 2023 EGR brand of the year nailed my Charlie McAvoy shot prop yesterday as he picked up two shots for a ninth consecutive game. So tonight, I'll get to my shot prop in a second. But first, I have a total I like. It's the Flyers taking on the Detroit Red Wings. Now, the Wings have not been a good over team as of late. But these are the last three games for the Philadelphia Flyers. Nine goals, eight goals, 11 total goals. Tons of offense in their hockey games. This line is six and a half. Detroit, again, just once in their last four games has the over hit, but it was their last game out. So I'm hoping to see maybe a bit of a trend here of their overs develop. I like the line at six and a half between the Flyers and Red Wings. And hey, for my last time oh. these two teams met too, I think the the Wings were up 4 nothing, and the Flyers tied at 4-4 in Detroit. So there you go. That's eight right there. Ended up with nine. And here is my shot prop for the evening going right back to Charlie McAvoy. Yesterday it was minus 122. Today it's minus 143. Right on that line, in my opinion, of being able to play it straight up. I don't have a huge issue with it. But I also really like Nico Hishar tonight. He's hit in four of five. In three of those four games, he's gone above three shots on goal. So I think this is a player who in the next couple of games, you're probably going to see his line move to two and a half. But for now, it's one and a half, and I have no problem throwing it in a little shot prop parlay at plus 158. So those are my two plays for our friends at botano.ca, which brings us to garbage time for the daily face-off survivor game and our friends at Wendy's. Frank, here are the options for, uh, for I believe that'll be Friday night in the NHL. But, I mean, this has been tough sledding. Um, the daily face-off survivor, but we talked about it yesterday. It's been kicking people's ass. I just, I would hate taking the under here. Like, Eric Carlson under a point? Like... Oh, like it just I, nothing about that would make me feel good. Then you get both sides of the Marco Rossi uh, game. Does he get a point or does he not? Um, I don't know. Very few people left in this week's daily faceoff survivor pool. And for good reason, because it's kicked everyone's ass. Just 11 of the 643 contestants are still in there. Uh, those 11, maybe a shot at, for them to win the bacon portobello mushroom melt from Wendy's. Stingy. You can order today. Wendy's today is absolutely Wendy's stingy with the bacon portobello mushroom out. They apparently don't want to hand them out. 
Frank, uh, for garbage time today, I want to know where you come out on this. Uh, hats for a hat trick. Four goals in Colorado. I didn't think I'd be saying these words on a hockey show, but we're getting bras and thongs on the ice. Uh, we got the picture of the Avs ice girl waving one around. Um, interesting stuff, Frank. What do you think? It's pretty cold in Denver, so those must have been some tough walks out to the car. Um, and by the way, like it's it's really impressive to throw it. It's actually way more impressive to be able to take it off at some point during the celebration. Don't know how that happens, but I'm intrigued to know. If you have answers, DM me. Yeah, okay, sure. If you have answers on that one, DM Frank. Uh, there you go. Nate McKinnon with the bra trick last night. Four goals in the Avs victory. So we'll start and end the show with that. Uh, tomorrow, our pal Luke Gazdick is going to swing by. So we'll chat with everyone, as we always do on the Daily Faceoff YouTube at noon Eastern. Have a good Thursday. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.